Welcome to episode 71 of Between the Times. This is a podcast of Christ Church Presbyterian in Charleston, South Carolina, and we are glad you have joined us again today as our topic is get up early. Get up. Get up early. Rise and shine. If you have uh, teenage children, this may be something that you are telling them all the time. If you, oh, yeah. If you have younger children, this is something you're trying to tell them not to do because they come downstairs at ungodly hours of the morning before it is time. That is too early, but there is an early that is healthy and is good. Even the old proverbs such as the early bird catcheth the worm. Even if you're not a bird and you do not want worms, there is still much wisdom. Is that King James? Um, somewhere. Second Hesitations, oh, King James okay. Version. Good, yes, good, good. the early bird catcheth the worm. <laughs> uh, maybe it's third Proverbs, I don't know. Um, but there are, there are admonitions in, scriptures about not being a, in the Scriptures about not being a sluggard, about uh, you know, not turning over in your bed again and again, sort of idea where you're just um, wasting the day. Yeah. And There's a line outside in the streets. Yes, exactly. I can't get out of bed. I might be eaten alive. Whatever it may be. But um, this morning here with my colleague John Payne, I'm Ross Hodges, and we're here to discuss this wonderful topic Though perhaps Gabriel's in bed. So yeah, yeah, Gabriel uh, could not get up early yeah, enough to be here. It's apparently. mid-morning, but uh, <laughs> hopefully he'll listen to this episode yeah. and change his ways. Maybe. Exactly. Um, although I do think he actually, in reality, probably gets up as early as anybody. But <laughs> <laughs> all that being said, uh, John, this is a, an important topic. It's something that uh, people will dismiss out of hand saying, you know, don't talk to me about rhythms of my life or else it's legalism and that sort of thing. And, and while we certainly don't, want to be and intend to be legalistic, and we won't be legalistic with this, we want to give some encouragement to our listeners that uh, for the Christian life and Christian piety, certain rhythms of life are necessary. Of course, the Sabbath is a, a rhythm of life and a rhythm of piety that is biblically mandated, but there's also great wisdom issues, and one of those is the schedule that we keep in our personal daily lives and our week, how we, um, how we conceive of our time, and therefore what time we get up during uh, the morning, what time we go to bed at night, and those sorts of things. So let's let's talk about this as it relates to piety, and this is something you've done a lot of thinking about uh, over the past eight months or so. Yes, yes. Um, you know, there are so um, many things to say about this topic, and like you said, we don't want to uh, to be at all uh, legalistic with this and to say there's only one way of doing this and sure. uh, one time that one must get up and, and all that kind of thing. Um, but it is an important topic. Um, uh, our Lord Jesus, Jesus Christ himself modeled this uh, in Mark 1.35. Uh, it says, and rising very early in the morning, not just early, very early, but very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. Mm. Um, remember a couple of years ago, Derek Thomas, our friend Derek, who is um, uh, has a great sense of humor, and uh, at one point when he was talking about something related to the subject, he kind of looked up uh, coyly and said, um, you know, the sun does rise every day. Some of you haven't seen that. <laughs> Some of you haven't seen that in years, you know, and, and uh, that's... It was a kind of a funny point, but it made a a good point. Yeah, uh, that how many of us see the sun uh, come up. Um, yeah. uh, you know, when it comes to to rising early, uh, there's something um, 
there's something beautiful and refreshing about starting the day uh, before the sun comes up and seeing the sun come up. Uh, there's there's something to it that is um, I don't know I don't I don't know how particularly to describe it other than to say it just feels right. Yeah. Um, and uh, there are all kinds of reasons to do it, and I'd love for us to talk about some of those now. And uh, I want to maybe deal with a couple of the uh, the objections uh, to rising early, because yeah. there are those, right? Uh, perhaps the biggest one is, I'm not a morning person. <laughs> and, and perhaps some were thinking that even before I said it. Uh, oh, great. They're going to talk about getting up early. I don't do that. <laughs> uh, I'm not a morning person. I'm a night owl yeah. right i think they've already turned the episode off if that's the case so <laughs> maybe we're in safe waters here so um i would like to push back on that uh, because i i've even said that in the past sure. and uh it was as you mentioned just at the beginning of this year and you and i've talked about this a little bit that uh, i started a, a new uh, kind of schedule for myself uh, so that i could personally better seek first the kingdom of god mm. Um, and uh, one of the challenges was, of course, just setting the schedule so that I could get up earlier mm-hmm. and go to bed earlier. And I've, I've even said in the past, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm not a morning person. But I think that everybody can be a morning person if they would just go to bed earlier and get their body into a rhythm mm. of getting up earlier. Uh, and going to bed earlier, getting between uh, six and a half and seven and a half hours of sleep is is a pretty good sleep pattern for most people. Some may need a little more, some may need a little less. Sure, but that would be a pretty normal functioning. That's what I'm. I try to get. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you do that, then all you need to do is make sure you get that much sleep and get to bed. Yeah. Um, so that would be a response to that, which I think is probably the biggest one. I'm just not a morning person. Well, yes, you are if you schedule your life to be. Yeah, you you can be. Uh, it's it, there's not something necessarily biological inside of you. I mean, you think back 150 years ago, uh, most people would not have the option of being a a night owl. Uh, it just doesn't work. You know, you, no. you you're not going to burn the candles literally all night just so you can yeah. stay up and try to because it costs money too. Yeah, it costs money, and you know, you're you, you cost. Um, the energy that that would take uh, from your pocketbook as well as other things, but you have to get up with the sun because you're working with the sun, and you go to bed with the sun because mm-hmm. you know for um, for obvious reasons. And so we don't, you know, don't sell yourself short. If if you like the idea, but you're tr- but you're convincing yourself mm-hmm. out of it by saying I'm not a morning person, this is not. Um, you don't have to be deterministic about this. That mm-hmm. this just isn't going to work. No, this can work. Mm-hmm. Another. Thing I would want to bring up before we talk about some of the advantages of getting up in the morning um, is the question, what is happening between 10 and midnight every night, generally speaking? And I'm not talking about the general population. I mean Christians. What is happening in their home between 10 and 12? And uh, the fact is, for most, it's Netflix, it's the stressful nightly news. It's um, you know some form of entertainment or media. It's social media. Yeah. Um, and so that time really is junk time. 
yeah. for most people anyway. Yeah. And what happens is we stay up late with junk time so that we can't get up early to have beneficial time, Good time. with the Lord. Yeah. Uh, so, so that's another thing to think of is what, what's happening during that time. We've talked about this as well related to diet, right? Yeah. What kind of things does one uh, eat at night between 10 and 12. <laughs> well, generally, it's a, a cup of ice cream, um, some chips. Uh, you're you're kind of snacking on snacky foods. Sure. And that's when the belly starts getting bigger uh, because you're just eating junk. And so it's junk time, oftentimes. You're putting stuff into your head that doesn't need to be there it's or not shouldn't help be you. there. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and then you're putting stuff into your body that's unhealthy as well. And so sure. you're... You're not getting up early to to spend time with the Lord. You're not getting up early to exercise. And the things that will actually free you to to walk with God with more freedom and yeah. power and love, you are neglecting for your life. Yeah, and to be clear, we're, we're talking about rhythms of life here. We're, we're not saying you can never have a date night where you're out late or you you know you have an at-home date night yes. where you watch Netflix and you eat your ice cream. Of course. I mean, those are all, those are good gifts. But... It's the moderation aspect and it's the rhythm aspect that we're that we're wanting to have folks think about here because when that becomes the normal, that becomes the pattern, yes. then it does lead to a certain mindset. It leads to certain habits, like you say, of eating and of sleeping that really, uh, when taking a hard look at it from a wisdom perspective as a Christian, really probably don't help you and probably only harm your walk with God instead of helping your walk yes. with God. I found... Um a couple of years ago that, and I've spoken to some of my minister friends about this, that I was dealing with some of my stress and anxiety by watching various series, television series at night with, with my wife. Mm -hmm. And I found that I was staying up too late and I found that my, my quiet times were patchy. I did not feel spiritually sharp. Uh, my, my mind was wandering a lot and um, I, I found myself, yeah, just not, not in a good spiritual frame yeah. oftentimes. And um, in large part, it was due to the fact that I was tired. I was staying up too late. I was watching just, you know, secular drama kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, nothing horrible, but nothing that was feeding my soul, really. Sure. It was just entertaining me. And, and uh, so... Uh, those those kinds of things were impressed upon me last December um, as I found my body to be out of shape, as I found my soul uh, to be not as sharp uh, in terms of my spiritual mindset and frame. Uh, and uh, pastors, we can often focus so much on giving others what they need rather than than and giving ourselves what we need and, and recognizing that we have to walk with God first uh, before Amen. we help others to walk with God. And so I began thinking through this. And uh, at the same time, Marla, uh, my dear wife of 20 years. Amen. Congratulations. Uh, yes, for our listeners that you just hit that anniversary. Yes, yesterday, 20 years of marriage. So thankful. Um, and uh, she gave me a, uh, a book uh, about early rising and it was in particularly it, in particular it was related to writing mm -hmm. uh, getting up early to write but I, I took it as a, a real encouragement to have a stronger devotional life yeah. and a stronger prayer life and 
and so it, it has served me well in those ways. Well, let's let's think about um, some of these things and uh, the benefits of rising early. Yeah. What are some of the things, Ross, that, that we can uh, talk about and discuss uh, for our listeners in terms of the benefits of rising early? Sure. Yeah. So all within the context here of you know that that rhythm of life and. Um, understanding that you have the choice to go to bed early. We understand there are people who work night shift and, you know, you're at the hospital till right. five in the morning. Yeah. And, you know, so all of those caveats being made. But assuming you have the choice to get to bed early, when you rise early, um, then you can start your day off with focusing on the most important things, focusing on the Lord and on uh, His Word and on prayer and feeding your soul um, before distractions start, before the day gets going. And I've so I find um, my mind, once the day gets going, I'm very much task-oriented. I've got you know 50 things automatically that are sort of on my brain that I need to get done. Or, um, for example, in our stage of life, my wife and I, we have very young children in the home. And as soon as they get up, and, and our oldest is now, he's, he's three and a half, and he's able to get out of bed and come you know out of his room and downstairs pretty much as soon as he wakes up and we haven't made a, a big struggle out of that um, because he's you know sleeping well and all of that but as soon as he's up that changes the dynamic in the home and he needs to be taken care of and and we have made him you know recently we make him sit there and, and read a little book quietly while we finish up uh, our time in the word um, Calvin's Institute yeah 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 we, yeah well yeah exactly he's still in book one but he's okay. he's, he's getting there um, but but if you're up early enough before all these other things start, and, and this is where those wisdom issues of like, don't look at your phone right away, don't check your email, don't look at the news feed, don't get on Facebook or whatever, uh, because those things automatically sort of distract you and they yeah. get your mind going on other things. Clutters your mind. It does. But if, if, you, can, if you can get up and, and start your day in the Word and in prayer before all those other things, you can actually focus and your soul is quiet and you can feed on the Word in a way that's really difficult to do at other times. Yeah, and some, some say they like to have their devotion or their quiet time at the end of the day. That becomes very difficult sure. in a normal American household. Sure. It, it could work. We're not saying there's no. absolutely and no way. And for empty nesters, it might be fine or whatever, but for sure. your typical family with kids and busyness, at night you're usually tired, your mind's cluttered after the day. Um, yeah, have a devotion then too. Yeah, morning and evening. Spurgeon family helps worship, us out there, right? Yeah, sure. <laughs> family worship. Well, that's kind of my evening. Yeah, uh, is family worship evening devotional. But in the morning, like you said, your mind is uncluttered. The the thousand distractions of the day from family, from work, from other things, from your house, uh, all the responsibilities you yeah. have, they've not come down upon you yet. Yes. You wake. You're fresh. Um, now, here are a couple of um, helpful. Um, practical things that when you get up early first of all get a good night's sleep mm -hmm. get at least you know six to seven hours of sleep but when you wake up and you wake up earlier than you usually do um, drink a big glass of water uh, because one thing I have learned is that during the night and it's common sense isn't it you you get dehydrated mm -hmm. just think about it you haven't had water for six to seven hours mm -hmm. it's a long time so your body's dehydrated, and what happens when your body gets dehydrated? You're tired. Tired, sluggish. Sluggish. Your mind isn't functioning right. about that well. It's amazing when you down a big glass of water or two, how it's like you just wake up. Mm. And um, so 
th that's something that you, that you could do. Splash some water on your face. Um, and, uh, and recognize, too, that as you get this started, um, it's going to be hard. Mm -hmm. This is going to be uh, a challenge for those who are so-called not morning people. Yeah. Because if, if your schedule for years and years has been to stay up super late and to kind of get up and be sluggish and tired, it's going to be hard to overcome that. But ha a habit which is being formed so that you can grow in godliness and, and love your God and people around you better, you will never regret it. Yeah. And, uh, there's a, and, and also what begins is duty, whether it's exercise, uh, physical exercise or spiritual exercise, what begins as being hard and challenging and a matter of kind of duty, it becomes that which you love. A wonderful quote by Rod Dreher in his book, The Benedict Option. He says this, quote, a man who wants to get in shape and has read the best bodybuilding books will get nowhere unless he applies that knowledge in eating healthy food and working out daily. That takes sustained willpower. In time, if he's faithful to the practices necessary to achieve his goal, the man will start to love eating well and exercising so much that he is not pushed towards doing so by willpower, but rather drawn to it by love. Yeah. He will have trained his heart to desire the good. Yes. And I love that last sentence. Um, because it really applies uh, to what we're talking about here with yeah. spiritual exercises in the morning. Yeah, yeah. I think a, a second thing uh, to recognize about this, or a third thing, wherever we are, is that um, what you've been alluding to is seeking first the kingdom. This is a very practical way to do that, because we are kingdom citizens. We are citizens of the kingdom of God, and each day we are living as servants of the kingdom, whatever our calling, whatever our vocation um, wh whatever our family status, we we are serving the Lord by doing what He's called us to do. And without orienting our our hearts and our souls and our minds in the right direction from the beginning, it can be very challenging to have the right kingdom mindset. It becomes uh, our day can become something of anxiety and fear and worry. It can become something of identity crisis where. We're trying to shape our identity as we go into the day instead of resting in Christ and knowing who we are in Him. Mm. Um, it can be about us and about our climbing the corporate ladder or the social ladder. Uh, it can be, uh, our day could be uh, perhaps plagued with um, unspecified feelings of guilt and all those things because we haven't really quieted our soul before the Lord and, and perhaps dealt with some heart issues or some sin issues as we could or should. And... Uh, when you just launch into your day without that, um, it can feel, uh, it can be the spiritual version of feeling like you do if you normally eat breakfast and then you don't, where you're just sort of discombobulated and fuzzy and, and all this spiritually. Um, and so being able to start off with the Lord and seek His kingdom in the sense of seek time with the King and walk with Jesus in His yes. word, then you really, you're setting yourself up for a a better day in the sense of the orientation of your heart and your soul yes. towards the things that are coming along, those those things that can draw your heart away more easily, yes. uh, those things that can draw, uh, they can be tempting to you to sin and to respond incorrectly, whether in patience or pride or whatever it may be. And it's connected as well, too, isn't it, to a, having a wartime mentality? Yes, absolutely. Uh, as Christians, we are called to have a, a wartime mentality in the uh, Apostle Paul uh, makes that clear in Ephesians chapter 6 uh, where he, he tells us um, 
that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. This is Ephesians 6.12. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up or put on the whole armor of God yeah. that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. And so spending this time with the Lord, it is, it is like putting on the armor of God at the beginning of the day yep. where the battle starts. Yes, absolutely. And you, you talk to uh, soldiers and Marines who have uh, been in a war theater and they've gone out on patrols. You, you find out the, the first thing you do before you're going on patrol is you're getting your gear. You're checking it. You're going down. You're making sure you have everything that you need. And you're, you're, you're in the mindset that you're in a war zone. You're about to go on a mission. And there very well could be the need for extreme action. You have to be ready for that. You have to have the right mindset for that. You're not on a picnic, as it were. Yes. So these rhythms of piety, uh, I think they reinforce each other, too. So mm -hmm. someone who is committed to the Lord's Day, um, uh, morning and evening worship, committing, committed to making that day a day set apart as God intends it to be and commands it to be uh, for the Lord, then that launches you into your week where you are waking up early, spending time with the Lord. And then in the evenings, I, I would encourage a kind of um, you know, family devotion time yeah. uh, where you open up the Word of God and, and read it and pray and, uh, and give a little instruction, mm -hmm. whether you're an empty nester or you have yeah. small children or teenage children. It's a, it's a, these are rhythms of piety that help to bring stability and, 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 and Christ-centeredness to your sure. week and to your life. Yeah, and, I, and I'd like to say just as you're thinking about this, if you do still have children in the home, think about the, uh, the pedagogical nature of your activity in life and what it teaches your children. So whatever you do, your children will be observing. And uh, I, this is a very personal memory for me. <laughs> Growing up in a Christian home uh, with parents who had a strong marriage and loved the Lord, um, I have vivid memories of waking up still relatively early as a, a child and even a young teen and uh, coming downstairs and uh, knowing that my parents, they were in uh, the library room of our home and they'd been up for a while together, uh, reading God's Word individually, praying, praying together, talking and that's how my parents started the day. And that made a, a vivid impression on me. And it was very comforting to me as a child um, in a way that I could not have put into words at the time to, to, to start the morning off seeing my parents having sought the Lord and have been together and seeking the Lord together, as it were, and, uh, and spending that time as a married couple, knowing the sort of, just intuitively as a child, knowing the sort of foundation that they were laying in their own lives and in their marriage, uh, made an impression upon me and it's helped shape and fashion my mindset towards these things in my marriage and in my home and I pray that that's something my my children will I'll be passing on to them yes and I, I know we alluded to this earlier but it, it must must be said uh, it's an un, uninterrupted time isn't yeah. it uh, when you when you rise early um, you, you are you are not going to have interruptions uh, in your home. You're not going to get phone calls. Um, you're not going to have people aren't going to be expecting you to be somewhere at five in the morning. Yeah, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and so you know you have that appointment with the King of Kings, 
that the that think about this almighty god uh wants to meet with you yeah and he wants to be with you and it's not just some nebulous well god's with me all the time you know we fellowship all the time well that's like saying in a marriage you know well you know i'm i'm married and we love each other and but then you're never <laughs> intentional to spend time together that's yeah. not going to be helpful no. for cultivating your relationship and with all the, the pressures coming from the culture and all the fiery darts coming at yeah. us from all different directions, particularly men in terms of purity. Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, why would we not want to to orient our lives to be more disciplined? Yeah. Discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness is what Paul told Timothy. Yeah, and I want to come back around to what you said about the, the duty becoming delight. And I would challenge anyone who has not made a habit of this um, whether getting the getting up early part or the spending time with the Lord part or both, um, give it a try. Like give it a serious try, and that means thirty days. Yeah, yeah, at least thirty days, and and be consistent, and put some plans into place where you know don't don't stick your alarm clock right next to your bed if you're going to hit the snooze fifteen times. You know, find out this is sure. <laughs> you know very practical advice in my own life, um, and and see if you don't delight after a while in being able to do this and feel robbed if you don't have it and feel um, that this is something that you desire. It's time with your Lord that's uninterrupted and focused. Um, I, I believe you, you will go from duty to delight sure. if this is something that you actually do. Sure, a- absolutely. I, I, I do as well, and I've, I've uh, experienced something of that um, these past several months, and uh, this doesn't need to be uh, a 90-minute uh, devotional no, study time. No. Um, you know, everybody's going to have different amounts of time, but you know, I would I would recommend uh, anywhere between 15 and and 30 minutes. You may have longer than that that you can spend. That's wonderful. Uh, in my uh, personal time, uh, I uh, read uh, the scriptures. I'm reading straight through the Bible, and um, actually. Tomorrow I will have finished uh, the, wow. the, the latest reading uh, through the scriptures with the ESV Reader's Bible, which yeah. has been wonderful. And then um, I read, uh, I read a, reading through the Bible, then I always read a proverb for the day. There are 31 proverbs, 31 days of the mm-hmm. month. And so I have a proverb a day, which is just very practical, powerful instruction for Christian living. Mm-hmm. And then I read a book as well. Mm-hmm. And so I just finished reading a book called Ministering Like the Master, um, a Banner of Truth, little paperback, just learning how to be a better pastor and shepherd. Mm-hmm. And then uh, right now I'm reading another book called The Benedict Option, which has been very interesting and, and helpful in many ways. And so uh, that's just an example. And I, and I spend some time in prayer. Yeah. And again, it's undistracted. Nobody's up. Uh, it's, it's quiet. And uh, how, what do you do for your time? Well, yeah, it's similar. Um, got uh, just a, a reading plan that uh, it's not the, the aggressive, you know, getting to the Bible in a year, but um, I've got a, a chart of all the books of the Bible and um, just sort of like checking off the chapters and the books as I go just to make sure that it's not completely haphazard and I'm getting through all the books of the Bible um, you know, within a couple of years and spending a little bit more time than I, my mind processes slowly than, than, uh, more slowly than others. And so I find that sometimes it's better to read faster 
um, and get the bigger picture faster and then sometimes it's better to read more slowly. I'm in the more slowly uh, stage now. Sure. And, um, and then I spend some time in prayer and then if the, the morning allows, um, I'm try to read something extra as well and I uh, just started a, a book uh, by one of the Puritans named William Perkins um, and uh, reading uh, through this it's a banner of, also a banner of truth actually uh, probably I'm just being a copycat John okay. uh, just trying well, to be like you. just trying to be like you, well, that's you. Uh, but this it's called the art of prophecy and it's about uh, it's actually about the ministry of the word yeah yeah great um, well uh, again Paul exhorts his disciple Timothy to have nothing to do with irreverent silly myths. Rather, train yourself for godliness or discipline yourself mm -hmm. for the purpose of godliness. Godliness, excuse me, for while bodily training is of some value, so exercise, people get so committed to exercise and joining the gym and joining exercise classes and losing weight and eating right. And that's such a focus, especially around here in Charleston, right? Sure, yeah. Uh, the land of the beautiful people, right? Um, but, you know, what does it say about us as Christians if non-Christians are so committed to eating right and exercising and, and, and being healthy, and yet we are lackluster mm -hmm. um, and we shrug our shoulders essentially at being committed in any practical way to disciplining ourselves unto godliness. Mm -hmm. uh, so um, I would I would just uh, challenge uh, all of our listeners and, and our own hearts uh, to take stock as to how we're spending our time. And uh, wouldn't it wouldn't it be great uh, if we had listeners uh, take this challenge and go with it and watch less TV and watch less Netflix and yes. spend less time on social media? and get to bed a little earlier, and get up a little earlier, and begin the day with the Lord. Amen. Wake up early, and uh, spend time with your King. What a blessing it will be. And so, if you take this challenge, uh, we want to hear from you. Yeah. Uh, send us an email. Uh, to tell us how it's changed uh, your your approach to life. Um, uh, I would just make give some specific parameters to the challenge. Um, we challenge you to spend the next 30 days doing this. Uh, make it a priority. Yeah, you may have a lapse here and there, but don't let that then become the norm again. Um, make make it, a, what, call, call it a 30-day challenge. If you have to uh, uh, be at a wedding or perhaps you can take uh, the weekends off to, to not quite do it exactly, but let's say during the week, make this the priority. Uh, to get up early. Uh, if, if, if Saturday morning has to be a little different, that's fine. But make this a priority and then make it a new habit of grace and let it be grace and the love of Christ and what he's done for you be that which launches you into this new life of, of spiritual discipline. Amen. Well, thank you so much again for spending this time with us on Between the Times. <laughs>